2: From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. We did it. We made it to another weekend. Coming up, we will hear from the director of the new film, She Said.
3: I'm investigating systemic sexism in Hollywood. How many pages have you got?
2: But first, it's our chance to sit back and unwind from the week that was with two excellent humans. With us this week, we have the hosts of the Celeb Gossip Podcast, Who Weekly, Bobby Finger and Lindsay Weber. Welcome, you two. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for coming on. This is going to be very fun. So... I kind of think since y'all, you know, host this gossip pod and in the spirit of the upcoming <laughs> holiday to give thanks, I feel like now is the perfect opportunity to reflect back on the bounty of tea that has been spilled over the past year. I was like,
4: where are you going with this? <laughs> so we what does this there? have to do with we Thanksgiving? So, he- so thankful for the bounty of gossip. <laughs>
2: exactly. So I don't know. What's your favorite like ridiculous celeb story from the past year, Lindsay? What do you think? What are you grateful oh, for?
4: Um, <laughs> we were just discussing this. It's like grateful, really a loaded fair, term fair, to fair, use fair, with fair, celebrity fair. gossip. Fair. But I am I am grateful that we were treated to the kind of bombastic, eccentric drama of "Don't Worry, yes. Darling," which is was definitely outshined the movie mm-hmm. itself i guess it didn't take much and still today has a long tail of here's what actually happened people <laughs> telling us stuff and i absolutely love to hear all the revisionist history all the actuals all of that it's been great it's been great fun
2: yeah i think that's you know and obviously i'm not nearly as plugged into this stuff as you are but i think that's my favorite because it was it just keeps giving you know and like there's it's just so exquisite
1: <laughs> i mean i agree i have my own choice but I don't think anything beats the Don't Worry Darling drama. And I think every, <laughs> every sort of element of it stayed interesting and sort of added added a new layer of intrigue to it. So it Mm. it wasn't just the videos that leaked from Olivia Wilde. It wasn't just like the spitting. It was just after the fact when Florence didn't say anything. And then she posted the video of her and the Valentino. And then Kiki Lane posted the vaguest possible like expert Instagram caption ever that was like half about the movie, but half about I'm in love with my husband or fiance that I met on the set of the movie. So it was like everything was so perfectly obscured and perfectly sort of like questionable that it made it, like, so exciting to talk about. Noah was giving us everything they were giving us just enough.
2: Mm. Well, and just that photo alone of Chris Pine staring into the
1: void is like, yes. I mean,
2: that, you know, that speaks for all of us so often. <laughs> Even the
4: imagery was perfect. Even his little haircut. When he cut
1: that hair, I was so sad. The
4: spit. <laughs> All of them looking like they were trapped. in there. And, and honestly, <laughs> real, that
2: actually fed into the movie's plot. The hostage situation. It was so good.
1: Wonderful. Yeah. So,
2: Bobby, what's what did you bring to us? What did you I, pick?
1: It, nothing, everything pales in comparison smaller. to that. It's a lot smaller. <laughs> it's a lot smaller.
2: Okay, that's fine. I
1: guess I could, like, intellectualize it a little bit and make it like, oh, here's why this is interesting. But mostly okay. I just was totally gagged by it. When Jojo Siwa, <laughs> out of nowhere, was asked on her TikTok who the rudest celeb she's ever met is and she just said candace mm. cameron beret and moved on and everyone <laughs> melted down including candace cameron beret <laughs> i love it because it rep it's such a it's representative of how we get gossip now which is on tiktok how mm. celebrities are involved in the gossip because that is mm. that is not something anyone leaked that is jojo pushing upload on her tiktok account and <laughs> also is a choice she made the power <laughs> dynamic is hysterical Gall.
2: I don't know who any either of these people are. I got <laughs> I nothing. <God. laughs>
1: JoJo Siwa was a contestant on Dance Moms who became a famous dancer and YouTuber and social media personality in her own right as an adult. Ooh. Candace Cameron Bray is DJ Tanner on Full House and DJ Tanner on Fuller oh, House. Okay, do, okay. okay, got it, got it, got and, it, yes.
4: And now she you. makes conservative Christian movies for, uh, not Hallmark, but a new, a new network called, uh, Great 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 <laughs> country, called Great American Family. Great American Country
1: and she said, I'm leaving Hallmark for GAC Family in a profile recently because, in part, it's a little more traditional, it's a little more religious, and no, there will not be any gay relationships on Gak Family. Oh, wow. And Jojo jo Siwa posted that story on her Instagram and said, honestly, I can't believe after everything that went down just a few months ago that she would not only create a movie with the intention of excluding LGBTQIA+, but then also talk about it in the press. This is rude and hurtful to a whole community of people. Wow. Just once again, Jojo jo Siwa proving her impact and that somehow she is more powerful <laughs> than candace Cameron bray <laughs> i think it's so funny it's so funny oh my
2: God. that's amazing she really is do you are they going to do a version of the channel called gac splat for some reason
1: <laughs> i mean i wouldn't put it past them
2: i think we're the ones who call it Gax. yeah they're too. like it's
1: great american company i don't think, they're it's, like great like America. I think it's the
2: perfect yeah. acronym and y'all are doing great <laughs> i love it Um, Okay, so partly because this long weekend is coming up, I thought it would be really fun to just, like, ignore all of the news this week um, and not talk about Twitter, but instead just get some recommendations from (laughs) y'all on some fun stuff folks could do, like, read or watch or listen to or think about or whatever over the long weekend. Um, Lindsay, what do you got?
4: Okay, so what do I got? (laughs) Um, I'm gonna do like a highbrow, lowbrow. Mm-hmm, oh, I love mm-hmm. it. Anyone hasn't seen Good Luck Leo Grande? That is a movie, or Good Luck Leo Grande. Do you know his last name mm-hmm. is pronounced like Ariana Grande? We're
1: too obsessed with Starbucks <laughs> like and Grande. Ariana. We call it Grande. <laughs> it's Grand. <laughs>
4: I like Leo Grande. <laughs> actually, I think Ariana Grande used to is actually pronounced Grandy, but everybody just was like we're not saying that oh, anymore. It's yeah, like wow.
1: Rihanna's like how many times do I have to tell you I'm Rihanna and they're like you will never right. ha- you will never stop having to tell us that. <laughs> Sorry.
4: Okay, so good luck Leo Grandy on Hulu is this fantastic movie. I think it was submitted for Oscars because it was so out of the blue fantastic and charming and good and great. And I just love it so much. And I watched it again recently for the second time. And I was just like, wow, like this is incredible. And it feels like one that could have gone under the radar for a lot of people. So I hope that um, the word of mouth powers through and you people should go watch that. I think it's fantastic yay and is that your highbrow that's highbrow because that's like a good like oscar like legit okay cool yeah lowbrow i would say i mean you could call this highbrow but let's be real it's lowbrow um season two of the vow (laughs) on hbo max um You said, why is there a season two of a Hmm. docuseries about Nexium, which is a cult? Guess what? There needs to be a season two. It is iconic. (laughs) One of the best season twos in memory. What is being uncovered? What is being shared? I just cannot get enough of this um, intense kind of reckoning. Uh, Keith is in jail. We're going through. We're getting all the testimony. We're talking to current members (laughs) of the cult that are still like, I'm here and I'm loving it. The people who are making this just got incredible access. And I cannot believe it. And it's it is a little bit campy, so that's why I'm gonna call it lowbrow, Hmm. but it's also fascinating and kind of just a very what would you do question mark scenario. It like in terms of seeing it and being like, Would I join this this cult? Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) You know, like if you didn't know it was bad.
2: (laughs) Who can say? Who can That's die? fun. One of my recommendations is also a season two of something also coming out on HBO Max. And I think it's probably Amazing. just Brow and it is uh, Sex Lives of College Girls, which is the like, I love season it's one. so much fun. So I'm really excited about that. That's yeah. going to be a fun binge Ooh. over the weekend, I think. Mm hmm. Bobby, what do you think? What do you got?
1: Oh my god. I can do a lowbrow, highbrow as well. Okay. Um but we'll I'll start brow. with I'll start with lowbrow. Okay. This is something that I have loved talking about. This is a couple like a month old, month and a half old at this point. Mm-hmm. Lindsay and I are obsessed with it. One of our friends is obsessed with it. We loved talking about it. And I feel like we would have loved talking about it even more if more people watched it. I'm gonna say watch The Mole on Netflix the new season The Mole the the new season hosted by Alex Wagner has some of the most memorable funniest like telegenic personalities Mm -hmm. (laughs) in reality tv that i've seen in so long
4: we haven't seen these types of people since like season one of survivor you know like we're just they're back the villains are back they're They're
1: so (laughs) good and what's the premise so with the premise is you have i think it was 12 maybe more 15 contestants and it's amazing racy and in that they sort of globe trot but mm. all of them are competing for money. And so they all do different challenges throughout every episode. And like, if you compete this challenge, you get $5,000, $10,000, $25,000. You know, you're slowly adding more to a joint pot for which there will be one winner. Oh, and there is one mole among the however many contestants that is deliberately trying to sabotage everything.
3: <laughs> and so That's fun. They, okay. at the
1: end of every episode, they have to guess who the mole is in a series of questions. And the person who gets the fewest questions correct you don't know whether you whether you got them right or wrong or which ones you got right or wrong is kicked out so eventually there will only be two people left one of them will be the mole and one of them will be the winner of the money right so they're all trying to figure out who the mole is but in doing so they're pretending to be the mole so they're all trying to play mind games with people in uh in an effort to win this ever-growing pot of money um, it's real. It's a little convoluted, but after like one episode, it will make sense. It's so funny.
4: <laughs> I love that you just
2: explained the people, entire. It's no, really We're playing glad. mind
1: games on each other, and it's so <laughs> yeah. No, it freaking sounds like delicious. A lot of mindfuckery. Yeah.
2: yeah, it sounds great. It's great.
1: This is not technically highbrow, but it's just. I, I was just trying to break this down into highbrow, lowbrow, Th- okay. because it's Thanksgiving coming up. Um, This is just a Thanksgiving movie that I feel like no one talks about, and it's my favorite. I watch it every Thanksgiving. I think it's so good. Directed by Jodie Foster, Home for the Holidays, starring Holly Hunter and Robert Downey Jr. I just think no one knows that this wonderful Thanksgiving movie exists, you know? It's so, like, warm and fuzzy. And I understand why a lot of people don't want to watch Christmas movies for whatever reason. Mm. But, like, Home for the Holidays is just a Thanksgiving movie. And I don't think that there are enough of them. And this is perfect. It's like a perfect movie. It's funny. Okay. It's sweet. It's moving. It's stupid. It's <laughs> just great. And, it, and above, all, okay. above all, I think it's, like, it's 90 only- minutes long. Perfect.
2: Oh, maybe hundred. I want ninety minutes.
1: Maybe a hundred. Maybe hundred. That's fine. It's good. It's good stuff.
2: That's amazing. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. stuff.
2: Well, Bobby, Lindsay, thank you both so much for
4: coming on. This was very fun. You're so welcome. Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you.
2: In just a minute, director Maria Schrader talks about what it was like to bring the Me Too movement
0: to life in the new movie She Said. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Tanwen, Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series.
2: This weekend, there's a new movie out in theaters called She Said, and it's about the two journalists who uncovered decades of abuse by film producer Harvey Weinstein.
3: I'm investigating systemic sexism in Hollywood. How many pages did you got?
2: The New York Times story, which came out in 2017, helped catalyze the Me Too movement. And the reporters Megan Tuohy and Jody Kantor wrote a book about it called She Said, which came out two years later in 2019. The new movie is based on that book. It depicts the reporters, played by Zoe Kazan and Carrie Mulligan, searching for answers and the survivors who risked everything to share their stories. These young women walked into what they all had reason to believe were business meetings with a
1: producer, an employer. They were hopeful. They were expecting a serious conversation about their work or a possible project. Instead, they say he met them with threats and sexual demands.
2: They claim assault and rape. If that can happen to Hollywood actresses, who else is it happening to? Maria Schrader directed the film, and she also directed the Netflix miniseries Unorthodox. She's with us now. Maria, welcome to Nerdette.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hello, Greta.
2: So what appealed to you about this project?
3: A lot of things. A lot of mm. things. It was. I was surprised and almost a bit overwhelmed when I understood what kind of story it is. I... I I remembered instantly, you know, the weeks and months after this article had been published. I think I was very affected by that. And I looked back to my own experiences and what we would consider a normality and, you know, things I had forgotten for so long and and little incidents, you know, which, 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 you know, just minimalized so i would actually consider myself being part of the system right and uh, oh, absolutely so all of a sudden there there was this project and, and i of course did not know who are jody Cantor, who are who's who's megan Tui, who were these people behind that story. And of course, our film is the story about how a story came about. And, mm-hmm. and I read that script and, and, and then also their journalistic report breathlessly. And I just felt gratitude to be asked to be a part of it. This
2: story wouldn't exist without the wrongdoings of Harvey Weinstein. And he is barely in this movie. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, your thought process and how he would be depicted in this film?
3: So, we have an original audio recording where we hear his original voice. That was mm-hmm. the NYPD type um, recorded by the Italian Philippine model Ambra Batilana Gutierrez. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what the journalists heard and showed to their editor. And so we listened to it too in full right. length. And then we had the incredible. Mike Houston and a fine, fine actor and the most gentle person um, taking on, you know, being (laughs) impersonating or whatever Mm. you want to call it, uh, uh, being Harvey Weinstein in the movie as a voice and as a physical appearance. Mm -hmm.
2: I just thought it was such a fascinating decision because there's absolutely a version of this movie where, where Harvey Weinstein is still centered in the narrative. Yes. But this felt very much like a recentering and a, a shift in focus really on the women and what they went through and what they decided to do about it.
3: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And if we look in a broader sense to into history or society, you know, our society was always more interested in the perpetrators than in the victims. Also in the entertainment industry, you know, we've always been interested, oh, what makes a person a villain and what is it about it? And, uh, and, you know, in the the story of sexual assault uh, coming in front of the court, you know, how many times have we experienced that? women had to prove they did not provoke it you know there were you know it's it's almost a catch 22 which we experienced so many times the moment you show what an emotional impact it had on you 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 were you were looked at being hysteric the moment you were pragmatic about it then you you were told oh it can't have been that that bad you, you know it's 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 terrifying when you really look into the details of, you know, what what women went through um, speaking up.
2: You know, you mentioned the word victim. I think the way trauma is and is not portrayed in this film is also really interesting. I mean, you have scenes of women describing their assaults, but we never see any reenactment of those assaults. We may see reenactment of them, you know, running away in terror. But often we're not even seeing the faces of these women when they're describing what happened to them. It's in voiceover. There's there's a disembodiment to it that I think is really haunting, but also really profound and also not inherent. I mean, I think about films where I have to watch sexual assault happen and how traumatic it is just to watch that. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how you arrived at the depiction that you did in this film
3: yes it was clear no depiction of assault no female nudity no um no person in a crime scene and it was clear to me i i do not want to 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 add another scene to the world where we see violence against women mm-hmm. we had enough rape scenes And I completely agree with you. You know, we don't need to see brutality for getting a sense of, you know, an impact of an experience like that, maybe in the country. And um, to now have these brave women, and it was only a few who were courageous to to share their stories with the journalists and allow them to take their names and go public, right? But Mm -hmm. to really also treat them not as a moment of victory or a moment of, you know, success for, for, for Jody and Megan on their road to publish this article, but we treat them as protagonists as well. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and I think that's just right. And that is something you're right. I haven't seen in a movie, at least in this genre yet, you know, to, to really listen to what had happened to them
2: do you think, like, is there an irony to a big Hollywood picture telling the story of how Hollywood essentially helped support this predator for so long?
3: Do you know what I mean? I think you can look at it in uh, very different perspectives. I think um, part of the reason, and there are many reasons for me to be proud of this project and of course of having been part of it is that it doesn't shy away of the complexity of this subject, right. And the complicity and, you know, the question of how many people knew about this, to what degree did people know about it, that specifically Hollywood and, and potent production companies and studios almost have the duty to touch these, you know, big stories and a responsibility to to reflect on history. And we, I think we all look at things now different than five years ago. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned,
2: the article first came out almost exactly five years ago now. How do you think things have changed since
3: then? I think there has been one big change and this will stay and remain and i i would consider that the um the end of the silence that people are speaking and that voices cannot been wiped off the table any longer and being ignored and i experienced that very much throughout this process of making the movie that People speak and share experiences. So many people, members of the team, came up to me and, uh, you know, in the lunch breaks told me why they were so happy to be part of this. And so I truly hope that the movie itself poses the, these exact questions and propels the conversation. And we all know that there are so many stories uncovered yet and i i truly hope that that people might be inspired by watching this and seeing how a few people and you know people like us not superheroes took the courage and 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 connected and and were able to bring change to the world
2: Thank you for bringing this story on the screen and for talking with me about it. I really appreciate you.
3: Thank you so much.
2: All right. That's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. We appreciate you. If you didn't catch it, we had an extra bonus episode this week, too, with epidemiologist Emily Landon that is already in the feed. So be sure to check that out before the holidays coming up. Also, I'm not sure if you know, but 1,000 Nerdette listeners have all been hanging out in this great little corner of the internet. It's a Facebook group called Nerdette Headquarters, and it's a really great place to put questions and talk about stuff that you're super into. You can join join you just go to facebook.com slash groups slash hq we would love to see you over there the show is produced by me and anna bauman along with sam deer and our executive producer is brendan Banazak. we will see you next week is there a like a stuffing buffet bar in our future are we opening that? that's a
1: really good idea That would just like watch (laughs) people go, oh, every time everyone who's leaving the stuffing buffet (laughs) bar is like, oh, where do I park?
4: Oh, (laughs) it really doesn't have a place in culture outside (laughs) of Thanksgiving, unfortunately, no No matter how you much you love it. I really just don't think it does.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew and author Viet Thanh Nguyen